your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 680 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers coming off of last night's rough 5-4 loss at home against the Boston Bruins. Uh, The Bruins win both of the preseason games against the Rangers for whatever that's worth. But uh, kind of a disappointing performance for the Rangers overall, mostly due to the fact that they you know, gave away a two-goal lead, got off to a pretty good start in this game overall. They were up 3-1 to one after the first period, scored a goal in the final minute of the first period. Everything seemed to kind of be going their way, and of course, the Bruins uh, come storming back. It was not a banner night for the uh, New York Ranger defenseman. We'll get into that in just a little bit as well. I didn't think the panarin trocek Kravtsov line really clicked all that well either, so we'll discuss that. We'll break down their performance, and some good coming out of this game, though. I think, uh, obviously, Mika Zibanejad scoring two goals, and especially Capo Caco scoring two goals. That is music to the ears of New York Ranger fans. I think a lot of us are waiting for Capo Caco to really take that next step this year. And I think that, you know, preseason game or not, if you asked Ranger fans, okay, somebody on the Rangers can score two goals tonight, who would you like it to be? I think Capo Caco would be pretty high on the list of a lot of people. I mean, if Artemi Panarin does it, that's great. Hey, why not, right? That That's always a good thing. But uh, Capo Caco is the one, you know, Panarin's going to be fine. Panarin's going to be Panarin. Capo Caco is the one that we're looking to uh, really take a hop, skip, and a leap forward this season. And, you know, hopefully this spills into the regular season. Caco was actually joking after the game uh, that, oh man, I should have saved it for the regular season. It wasn't the exact quote, but it was something along those lines. But we begin with the Igor Shesterkin situation right up until uh, basically puck drop last night or just a couple seconds before puck drop. We were all led to believe that Igor Shesterkin would be the starting goalie for the Rangers in this game against the Bruins, that he would uh, play the entire game for the first time this preseason. That did not turn out to be the case. Yaroslav Halak was mysteriously between the pipes to start this game. Not too long after that, though, we found out that Igor Shesterkin was held out of the uh, the game because he had a stomach flu. So I think uh, Ranger fans can pretty much breathe a sigh of relief there as far as a reason why Igor didn't play in this game. I don't think it gets much more positive than that. Obviously, we hope that he's feeling better. Sounds like he was back out there at practice uh, the next day, Thursday, Thursday morning. So all things considered, good news for the New York Ranger fans. Igor missed the game last night. It's a preseason game. There's no reason to make him play if he's not feeling well. They've also mentioned that they're going to talk to Benoit Allaire. This is Jar Glant mentioning this. He's got to talk to Benoit Allaire, and they're going to, together, and I guess collaboratively, the entire coaching staff, determine if Igor Shosturkin should and will play in the preseason finale, which is Saturday night against the New York Islanders. Uh, You know, they know better than I do as far as how Igor gets ready for the season, the things he needs to do to make sure he's prepared for opening night. But at first glance, I would say I would probably favor him playing. He was supposed to play in this game, wasn't able to do it. And if he doesn't play in the preseason finale, then you're looking at, you know, more than a week 
uh, of Igor Shesterkin not playing any hockey. And then, of course, you kick off the season with a heavyweight matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So if it was up to me, he'd probably play. I see the other side as well. You know, it's a preseason game. You don't want to take the chance of Igor Shesterkin getting injured. So maybe you compromise. You do another half and half. He plays the first half of the game. Uh, maybe Yaroslav Halak plays the second half of the game. Uh, but Halak, you know, with Igor being out of the lineup, he obviously got the uh, start in net for the Rangers in this game. And he ends up giving up five goals on just 26 shots. I'll give him a little bit of a break because he didn't even know he was going to be playing in this game. Although, you always have to be ready. You always have to be, you know, ready to go in there at, a, at the drop of a hat, basically. Uh, Halak did play well in his other two preseason games. And I don't think he gave up any goals that were particularly egregious in this game. But he didn't come up with those, you know, highlight reel clutch saves either that might have given the Rangers the win in this one. But... I thought uh, more than Halak, the story of this game was the Ranger defenseman didn't really think it was a banner night for them. Uh, for starters, Lindgren and Fox did not play. Uh, Lindgren sat out with uh, what's being called, I, he's the one with the lower body injury. I'm yeah, Lindgren has a lower body injury. Jacob Truba has the upper body injury, which as we all know, are the only two injuries that exist when it comes to hockey. But Lindgren does not play in this game. And rather than put Adam Fox out there, uh, they hold him out as well. I mean, Adam Fox, he doesn't really need the preseason. He's going to be ready to go as soon as uh, the regular season begins. Um, it might have been interesting to see, you know, Fox and, and Keandre Miller get a little bit of run together in the preseason. I mean, you could argue that that's what the preseason is for, mixing and matching. But overall, I'm still in favor of leaving Lindgren with Fox and leaving Miller with Truba. And I think that's what the Rangers will do to start the regular season. But as far as this preseason game is concerned, you've got now Miller and Truba as your top pairing. You've got then Jones and Schneider as the second pairing, and then Hayek and Barkowski as the third pairing. And Keandre Miller, I'm very bullish on him and his career prospects and just how good he's going to be when it's all said and done. I, I think he's just going to have an absolutely tremendous uh, season this year. And I'm not alone there, by the way. Uh, you know, uh, it was Ryan Reeves. He gave out a hot take for this upcoming season. He thinks that Keandre Miller is going to be a top 15 defenseman in this league. I would argue he might already be there. And I realize, you know, some people might have some things to say about that, but Andre Miller, to me, is on the verge of superstardom in the NHL. But a little bit of a rough night for him in this one. Uh, there was a situation where him and Truba were out there for the first goal that the Bruins scored. This tied the game at one early in the first period. Uh, you know, loose puck in front of the Ranger net, and Truba and Miller just seemed to half-step slow, uh, a little bit late to react and you know get the puck out of there. And, uh, you know, the Bruin was able to, you know, basically just storm the front of the net get into the uh, the crease area there, and knock the loose puck into uh, into the twine. So not great there. And then there was a goal by Zaka at the start of the second period, and I think you got to put this one on Miller, maybe a little bit on Truba as well, but certainly Miller. Uh, this goal that was scored by Zaka cut the Ranger lead to 3-2 to two at the time. Miller had the puck at the blue line. He tried to thread the needle a little bit with a pass across the blue line to the other side to his right to Jacob Truba, and the pass never got there because Zaka uh, jumped the pass, Knocked the puck into the neutral zone, picked it up and stride, went in on a breakaway, and scored. So uh, an errant pass there by Keandre Miller. You could argue that maybe Truba should have, you know, helped him out a little bit and reacted a little bit quicker. Maybe, uh, you know, moved toward the puck as the pass was, was heading his way as a way to, you know, possibly prevent that pass breakup and ultimately the breakaway and the goal for the Bruins there. But uh, that one, I, I think most people would agree, you'd probably have to put that one on Keandre Miller. Thought it was also a rough night for Libor Hayek and uh, Barkowski as well. Interestingly, both of them had an assist in this game, which you don't necessarily expect. Uh, but there was a goal by Pasternak that was scored in this game where Hayek was just really out of position and Barkowski was just kind of standing still. He got caught puck watching a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I guess he was just trying to maintain his positioning in front of the net. But 
uh, he just didn't really do anything. You know, he didn't get in the way of a pass or, you know, uh, approach the guy with the puck. He was just kind of there. And, uh, you know, the Bruins scored on that one. There was another goal where Hayek and Barkowski were on the ice as well. And Barkowski essentially just kind of took himself out of the play in the neutral zone. I don't know what he was doing or where he was going on this. He was on Boston's side of the red line and just kind of started chasing the puck. The Bruins make a pass, and just like that, they're entering the Rangers' zone, and only Hayek is back. Uh, Hayek, he did what he could here, but he just didn't look very good. You know, he he went down to one knee looking to maybe block the shot, or or maybe, you know, he can use his stick to block the pass, and instead, you've got Pasternak passing to his left to Krejci for what turned out to be a pretty easy tap-in goal there. So, for a lot of the Ranger defensemen, it was not a banner night. One of the Ranger defensemen who I think did play pretty well in this game, though, was Zach Jones, and... To me, he's got to be on this opening night roster to uh, to start this season. I mean, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be or why he won't be, but we're going to talk about that and a whole lot of other stuff, including line combinations, in just a second here. Uh, but first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The easiest and fastest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including NHL, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as promised, I want to go ahead and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about the line combinations here. We're also going to talk about Zach Jones and uh, how he fared because I thought overall he had a pretty nice night on a night where not a lot of Rangers did. Um, But the the line combinations, and we're going to talk about both the line combinations for this game as well as the ones that you know were unveiled during practice on Thursday morning. But like I said, we'll start with uh, with this game against the Bruins here. You've got a top line of Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Jimmy Vesey. So the prophecy came true. You know, Jimmy Vesey now on the top line for the New York Rangers. And, you know, kind of a nondescript game for Vesey. There was one play later in this game where uh, he almost set up Panarin for a goal. Uh, it was a really nice pass, and I guess that was during a partial line change. But uh, we will discuss that in greater detail shortly. The second line was Vincent Trocek centering Artemi Panarin and Vitaly Kravtsov. And not a great night for these guys. There was one instance where Trocek left a drop pass for Artemi Panarin. Kind of, you know, a no-look pass behind his back. And Panarin picked it up, took a shot, did not score on it. But that was a nice setup and some evidence of chemistry there. But, you know, overall, these guys just didn't really click. And... I've been saying on here that I really want to see the three of these guys together because if the Rangers are going to go with this as their second line heading into the season, then they need reps because none of these guys have ever really played together before. Uh, maybe Panarin and Krasov got a couple of shifts together two years ago when Krasov played those final 20 games with the Rangers. But for the most part, these guys are strangers and they need reps and they need to be playing together if they are going to be the second line uh, going into the regular season. The third line, uh, unchanged. You got the kid line, Heedle centering Lafreniere and Kako. The fourth line, uh, Gustav Riedel centering Sammy Blay and Barclay Goodrow. And after this game, Riedel was reassigned to the Hartford Wolfpack, so he will not be with the Rangers to start the season. We'll talk more about that uh, eventually as well. 
Um, but yeah, the, the one other play, because I mentioned the Panarin, Trocek, and Kravtsov line, the one other play that I thought was positive, uh, there was a play where Kravtsov, he really took a, a pretty mean hit from the Bruins and actually drew a penalty on this. I believe the penalty was high sticking. Uh, he was taking a shot from the left faceoff circle and just got knocked to the ice. But I like the fact that Trocek at least stood in there and got his shot away, didn't shy away from the contact. I mean, he got absolutely walloped on this play. And the fact that he drew a penalty, also a positive. But like I said, there just was not enough sustained offensive pressure from this line. Uh, the chemistry just doesn't really seem to be there, at least as of yet. We will definitely keep our eye on that trio going forward, and we'll see if they're back out there uh, in the preseason finale against the New York Islanders. But yeah, I mean... Panarin was a minus three, Trotrek was a minus two, Krausoff was a minus two, and Krausoff was a minus two despite playing a team low 11 minutes and 32 seconds of this game. So make of that what you will. I mean, plus minus doesn't always tell you the full story, but again, I didn't think this was a great night uh, for the Rangers' second line. Uh, something that I definitely want to do here, though, we've got to have some fun here. We've got to take some of the positives out of this game. We got to look at Capo Caco and his big night and, you know, him continuing to excel with Philip Hedl and Alexi Lafreniere as his line mates. I want to go ahead and just break down the two goals that Capo Caco scored in this game because Caco, as much or maybe more than anybody else on the Rangers, is going to be under a microscope this season for sure, uh, year four with the Rangers, and thus far ha hasn't really, you know, lived up to the lofty expectations that were put upon him. But two goals in this game, the first one was in the uh, final minute of the first period. It gave the Rangers a 3-1 lead, and it occurred on kind of a weird play. Uh, Barkowski, this was his assist, he causes a turnover at the Ranger blue line. Puck goes straight to Kako in the neutral zone. Uh, Kako from the red line tried to make a short pass ahead to Alexi Lafreniere, and Lafreniere either just couldn't receive the pass, you know, couldn't get his stick on it, or, and this is possible as well, he purposely let it go by because... Whether Lafreniere was trying to get to this puck or not, it actually worked out better that he didn't because by Lafreniere not putting his stick on the puck, uh, what happened was the Bruins defenseman really kind of closed hard on Lafreniere. He thought Lafreniere was going to receive this pass. He did not. Instead, the puck keeps sliding ahead you know, toward the Bruins zone, and Kako, who passed the puck, actually ends up essentially passing to himself, picks up the puck in stride, does a little backhand forehand, or excuse me, forehand backhand, on Jeremy Swayman, uh, right there on the doorstep and scores. I mean, just an easy goal for Kako. Made it look easy anyway. I'm sure it's not easy to actually do that. But that made the score 3-1. to one, So uh, kind of a unique goal there. And then Kako's second goal, uh, another really nice shift for the kid line. Uh, another strong game for them overall. Feels like they spend almost the entirety of every single one of their shifts in the attacking zone. I mean, it just feels that way. It felt that way in the playoffs last year. It's felt that way in the preseason this year. But, you know, their puck possession, just outstanding. And you don't really think of these guys as, like, warriors along the boards, but they seem to win more board battles than they lose. And this whole goal was started by Philip Heedle winning a board battle. You know, he's he's behind the net. He turns away from uh, the Bruins defenseman. He passes in front to Lafreniere. Lafreniere tried to pass across the crease to his right to Kako. The puck gets deflected back toward the blue line. Libor Hayek is there. Hayek winds back and just blasts it. And, uh... You know, Swayman gets a piece of it. It's laying there. It's trickling toward the goal line. It might have gone in anyway, but Capo Caco left no doubt. And uh, the puck was essentially sitting on the goal line. And Caco just basically reached out, tipped it in, and uh, scored for the Rangers. So really nice to see Capo Caco having a nice night on what all of us Ranger fans hope will be uh, a big-time breakout season for him. Uh, they're going to need it because, you know, last year Capo Caco 
playing well was a luxury this year, it kind of feels like it might end up being a necessity. So we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out, but an encouraging performance for sure uh, for the kid line in general, and also specifically uh, Capo Caco as well. A couple minutes ago, I mentioned that I thought a lot of the Ranger defensemen kind of struggled in this game, but I did not think Zach Jones was one of them. Uh, you might be interested to know that Jones led all skaters in this game with 22 minutes and three seconds of ice time, which tells me a couple of things. First of all, he's playing well, so that's good. But secondly, you know, he is involved in that battle for that sixth and final defenseman spot with presumably Libor Hayek, and I wouldn't really imagine anybody else is even really involved in it. But the fact that they gave him 22 3 tells me that they're giving him every opportunity to put his best foot forward and do everything he can to win that job. And I thought Zach Jones mostly took advantage of that in this game. Uh, his 22:03 of ice time also included three minutes and 58 seconds of time on the power play. Uh, he ended up being a minus one in this game. He did have an assist. Uh, the assist came on the uh, on the power play. And I thought it was also interesting that Zach Jones was out there quarterbacking the top power play unit for the New York Rangers. Uh, you know, obviously that would typically be Adam Fox's job, but you had uh, Jones out there with Panarin, with Mika, with Kreider, and with Trocheck. What they could have done, but I'm glad they didn't, uh, they could have put Jacob Truba on that top power play unit. Instead, Truba was on the second power play unit, which makes sense because that's probably where he's going to be when the season starts. Truba was out there uh, with a kid line and Kraftsoff on the second power play unit, which leaves Keandre Miller out of the equation on the power play, which I don't know if I'm really thrilled about that. But regardless, Zach Jones got some time on the top power play unit, and he looked good. He looked very comfortable. You know, he's quarterbacking a power play of guys that are, you know, all-star caliber players, and he looked good doing it. And like I said, uh, he ends up uh, getting an assist here. He takes a shot from the blue line, and you could tell it deflected off of someone or something, and uh, indeed it deflected off of Mika Zibanejad and went into the net, and so Mika gets the goal, one of two for him on the night. Um, but Zach Jones, you know, again, when, his, when this goal went in, I said he just made this team. And honestly, it shouldn't even require that. He should already be the guy that is very comfortably going to be the sixth defenseman. You never know for sure with the Rangers, but I've seen no reason to believe that uh, Libor Hayek or anybody else could or should or will be uh, the sixth defenseman for the New York Rangers when they line up but on opening night. I think it's time to go with Zach Jones. Uh, we're going to continue talking a little bit more about uh, this game, everything that happened, as well as the line combinations in practice. And uh, we will do that in just a second. All right, let's go ahead and uh, keep it rolling here on Locked On New York Rangers. I wanted to also, I mean, I know it's a preseason game, and you know the emphasis is more on figuring out line combinations, defense pairings, who's going to be on the power play, who's going to be on the penalty kill, who's going to actually make the team, but I figured we could go uh, to the decisive play in this game, and it goes to show you that uh, you know, hockey can be a game of inches at times because the game is tied at four in the third period. You've got Trocek, uh, one of the uh, good things that he did in this game, along with Panarin as well. But Trocek forced a turnover in the Boston zone, basically just poked the puck away from his guy. Jimmy Vesey picks up the loose puck. He's moving from his left to his right. Uh, Panarin's coming toward him. And Vesey with a really nice uh, drop pass for Panarin. Panarin picks it up and just rifles a shot off the crossbar. So Rangers come within... Uh, really just a couple of inches of taking the lead there. And then seconds later, the Bruins go back the other way and they score. Um, Riley, basically, you know, he gains entry. Uh, you had Jones and Schneider on the ice. And I, I'm not going to put this goal on the two of them because I thought they did a pretty good job. You know, the Bruins were coming in fast on a three on two. Thought they had good positioning. But, you know, Riley kind of surprised everybody by not passing it. He faked a shot. 
and uh, went around Trocek, you know, made a move around him. Panarin couldn't close on him in time, and then he takes a shot from in a little bit deeper and scores, makes it 5-4. to four. That turned out to be uh, the final goal and the game-winning goal for the Bruins. Um, so unfortunate there, you know, the Rangers, they're, they're within an eyelash of taking the lead. Seconds later, they're trailing. I guess if you're going to have, you know, a break like that, better to have it in the preseason than the regular season. Um, but yeah, unfortunate to lose the game in that fashion. Something else I wanted to talk about today, I mentioned it uh, a few minutes ago, but to talk about it in a little bit more detail here, uh, Gustav Riedal for the New York Rangers has been reassigned or assigned, I suppose, to the Hartford Wolfpack. And the writing was kind of on the wall here because when you think about it, you know, he's in a, a training camp battle and a battle with, um, you know, Carpenter as far as the fourth line center spot is concerned. But as I mentioned, I think it was it was either the last episode or the one before that. You know, I've been watching this battle. I think Riedahl has outplayed Carpenter. But the reason why, a couple of reasons why Carpenter kind of had the inside track is that the Rangers can send Riedahl to the Hartford Wolfpack without exposing him to waivers. The same cannot be said for Carpenter. Carpenter's played, I believe, it's more than 300 games. I think 308 career regular season games in the NHL. So he would have to pass through waivers if the Rangers were going to send him down. Riedahl is from the SHL. This preseason run was his first taste of NHL action. And so, you know, just because of the circumstances, even though Riedahl played Carpenter, Riedahl was always far more likely to be the one sent down to the Hartford Wolfpack over Carpenter. And that's probably the way it should be. I mean, I don't think you want to risk losing Carpenter just because Riedahl slightly outplayed him, you know, in these preseason games here. You can always make a change somewhere in the middle of the season if Carpenter struggles or whatever the case may be. But for the time being, yeah, I, I can't say that I'm surprised that Riedahl is the one that got sent down, even though uh, Carpenter, you know, he outplayed Carpenter. And Gerard Gallant confirmed as much. Apparently during uh, his presser uh, this morning, and I just saw this on Twitter a couple minutes ago, uh, he mentioned that that did factor into the decision. So I can appreciate the honesty there. And with Carpenter, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, he's basically just kind of a run-of-the-mill fourth-line player, but you're hopeful that he can be good on face-offs, be good on the penalty kill, and just be a, a gritty, grinded-out kind of player. But I'm intrigued to see how he does, and if he does struggle, if we end up seeing Riedahl at some point uh, this season. And then the other thing I really wanted to do here for today, before we call it, is I wanted to take a quick look at uh, the, the line combinations that the Rangers rolled with during practice this morning, which is uh, Thursday morning here, and we'll go ahead and uh, we will get that on the screen here in just a second for those of you that are watching on YouTube, and for those of you that are not watching on YouTube, I'll just go ahead and read the lines to you. But there's the line combinations for Thursday morning's practice. You've got Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Capo Caco. The revolving door continues, and Capo Caco now getting, uh, at least in the practice here, and maybe in the in the preseason finale as well, getting a look on the top line with Mika and with Kreider. You've got a second line of Vincent Trocek centering Artemi Panarin on the left wing, Jimmy Vizi on the right wing. So Vizi does not maintain his spot on the top line, but he's basically in just as good a situation because the Ranger top two lines are basically 1-1A one one when you think about it. So VZ, instead of playing with Mika and Kreider, now playing with Trocek and Panarin. That means that the third line is still made up uh, in part by the kid line. You've still got Heedle there, Lafreniere's on the left wing, now Barclay Goodrow on the right wing. And then the fourth line, uh, Carpenter centering Blay and Reeves. And then you've got... Four players skating as extras. That would be John, uh, Dryden Hunt, excuse me, Johnny Brodzinski, Vitaly Krasov, and Julian Gauthier. And, uh, you know, this is a tweet for anybody who's not watching on YouTube right now. We're looking at a tweet from Vince Mercagliano. He always tweets out uh, the line combinations. 
And he clarified later that Johnny Brodzinski was actually not on the ice, so it's possible that he'll be sent down to the Hartford Wolfpack and he would have to clear through waivers to uh, to go there. But yeah, I mean, looking at these line combinations, I got to say, this, this is probably my least favorite of all the combos that we've seen because... If you're going to put one of the kids into a top six role and only one of the one of the three of them, I would like for it to be Lafreniere. I think Lafreniere showed excellent chemistry with Mika Zibanejad during the short amount of time that they were together this past season. Instead, they put Kako there. I mean, I know Kako just scored two goals, so that might have something to do with it as well. I guess, you know, maybe in Galant's mind and in the coaching staff's mind, uh, Kako has earned that spot. So I, I get the thinking there. Um, Jimmy Vesey on the second line with Panarin and Trocek over, you know, Lafreniere, maybe even Hedl there. It's just not really doing it for me. I mean, I give VZ props for showing up and playing for the most part as well as he has, and he's trying to make this team. But yeah, I mean, that, it's just not a good look to me. I mean, I'm just, I'm literally just looking at these lines and you've got VZ in a top six role, but Lafreniere not. That's, that's a bit of a tough sell, uh, at least for me. And honestly, I'm kind of liking the idea that I came up with yesterday. And I mean, it's not just my idea. A lot of people have bandied this around uh, over time, but I kind of like the idea, maybe, I at least like it better than what they currently have. You go with the super stacked top line of Panarin, Kreider, and Zabanajad. Then the kid line becomes your second line. And then you go Trocek and maybe Kraftsoff and, um, you know, either VZ or, or Goudreau on the third line. Uh, just a way to get the kids into the top six. You could just move the entire kid line from the third line to the second line. You know, they just move up and, and they get more ice time as a result of that. And it wouldn't be out of place either because that line has probably been, uh, it certainly was the best line against the Bruins and maybe the best line uh, for the Rangers in the preseason thus far. Beyond that, I mean, we'll see. A, lo a lot of these guys are on the outside looking in. Vitaly Kravtsov hasn't done enough to really distinguish himself and really uh, kind of secure his spot, I don't think. Maybe the Rangers could still work on a trade there. Uh, I would like to see Kravtsov get an opportunity this season. I think at a certain point, it's just sink or swim, and you got to see what you've got. The fact that Kravtsov has been on this team as long as he has, and with all the drama and the trade demands and everything else, I mean, you're right there. The regular season's about to start, so I wouldn't mind seeing Kravtsov get a little bit of a chance at least, you know, at the start of the season, and you kind of just make it a sink or swim. You give him kind of a short leash because you got to win games. I mean, you can't afford to be doing, you know, this crafts off experiment uh, for the first quarter of the season or whatever, if it's not working. But again, you've been, you've gone through everything you've gone through with crafts off at this point. I'm, I'm willing to uh, give him a chance at least, uh, you know, in the lineup. Doesn't necessarily have to be top six, doesn't necessarily have to be the Panarin line, but I would like to see crafts off, um, you know, just, just get an opportunity here rather than, you know, potentially risk exposing him to waivers or, or trading him at the zero hour here. Uh, let's just see what he can do. Um, as far as, you know, the, the rest of today's episode, I mean, that that's pretty much it. I figure I wanted to get to a discussion on the Ranger top line right wing options because it continues, like I said, to just be a revolving door. Uh, we will get to that in our next episode. That will be Friday's episode. That'll be our last episode of the week. And then, of course, the Rangers going to play their preseason finale against the Islanders. Very, very curious to see uh, how they line up in that episode or in, in that episode, in that game. I think that's going to be very telling as far as what they might do on opening night as well. And very, very curious to see how all these roster battles shake out. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.
Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.